Steve Adubato here, Mary Gamba. This is our Lessons in Leadership program, as you know. Uh, we're doing a great series on small business and leadership with our good friend, Dennis Wilson, who's president and CEO of Delta Dental in New Jersey. Uh, Dennis, set this up for us. We're about to see an interview we did with Karen Hepp, who is small group and individual program sales director at Delta Dental of New Jersey. Tell us quickly about Karen and why that segment's gonna matter so much. You know, Karen has been, has been terrific. She's been with us uh, to lead uh, the programs that you just described for, for a few years now. And, you know, we've just been nothing but successful under Karen's leadership. And we thought it was very, very important to bring uh, into our organization, you know, someone that, that really understands that market, understands uh, the brokers and the insurance world as it pertains to uh, the product suites uh, that, that, that serve that market. So, you know, it's, it's great to have Karen with us and she does a fantastic job. Real quick follow-up, in addition to Karen, it'll be a whole range of other people we'll be interviewing in this small business and leadership series that is sponsored by Delta Dental. They're the lead sponsor that. Uh, Dennis, we'll also be bringing in clients of yours who in fact lead small businesses to tell their stories. Why is that so important? Well, I, I think that's where the, the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Um, if, if those clients come in and those customers that we work so hard to get and keep, um, you know, come in and say, we're doing the job or not, you know, we learn from that. And, and it's important, you know, as us being part of the fabric of New Jersey, 51 years young, um, 300 employees right here uh, in the state, in and around Persephone, uh, you know, we, we're neighbors, uh, we're, we're colleagues, uh, we're, we're, for, we're business leaders uh, that together, you know, take advantage and deal with the environment in the state of New Jersey. So it's really important for us to have that dialogue and have that connection. Mary, uh, well said, Dennis. Mary, introduce the Karen Hepp segment, go. Sure, definitely. So we're about to see Karen Hepp, small group and individual program sales director, Delta Dental of New Jersey. Definitely uh, check it out. It's a really great segment. Steve, Mary, Dennis, check this one out with Karen. We're now joined by Karen Hepp, small group and individual program sales director at Delta Dental of New Jersey. You know, we can't tell. Oh, that's right. There's a big sign behind you. It says Delta Dental. <laughs> I like it. By the way, let's make sure the website's up throughout this segment. First of all, Karen, thank you for joining Mary and I. Thank you for having me. It's, it's great you to be, it. be here and uh, great to see you. And uh, Dennis kicked off this series, Dennis Wilson kicked off the series talking about small business and leadership. Let me ask you, from your experience dealing with small businesses all across the state of New Jersey and beyond, um, small business leadership, any different than any other kind of leadership? No, I, I don't believe it is. Um, I, I just believe that small business leadership comes with um, less specific challenges and more general challenges. Um, you know, if you're a, a leader at a small business, you have to tend to a lot more, um, you know, um, general everything and just a just a specific, uh, you know, focus because small business owners wear a lot of different hats. Um, they they oftentimes and um, you've heard me talk about this before they 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 oftentimes don't have an HR department. They are the HR department, just for one example. So, 
Hey, hey, by the way, we're a small not-for-profit. Mary, who's our HR department? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, it's true. Mary, you just proved my point. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Go ahead, and, Mary. And I was just going to say that a lot of times in small businesses, like we have, we're under 10 employees. We have a lot of freelancers that work with us. We also have accounting people. And we have, of course, uh, uh, legal a great people. Great team behind the scenes. Great team behind the scenes, freelancers. But it's different. And it's a lot more challenging. I came from working with really big healthcare organizations and a really big university. I worked at Rutgers for some time. And, and it's a totally different vibe in small business. Yet on the flip side, it's super engaging and super inspirational. But with that, the challenges come, right? We just talked about them and some of them, but really with COVID, what have some of the major challenges that you've been seeing um, You know, with COVID? Again, we're 18 plus months into it now. What are some of the greatest challenges facing small businesses? Yeah, you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again, it's cash flow, it's money management, it's you know meeting payroll and covering the benefits and just balancing the budget and paying the bills. Um, but now we have a new element, right? Rising inflation. And small businesses, the cost of the goods that they need to run their business, they're, they're going up. And so the question then for small business owners is, how do I cover these costs and recoup these costs? And, you know, I'm going to have to push the, the prices, you know, raise the prices of, of my goods and services for my clients. How do I keep my customers? There's another one, Karen, I want to jump in. Uh, by the way, Karen has joined us many times on our public uh broadcasting side. You can check out those interviews on steveoutabato.org. Put in Karen's name. You'll see that. But but it's interesting because Delta Dental deals with so many small businesses, particularly yeah. as those businesses are dealing with returning to work, whatever that means, the new normal. Mm -hmm. Some are hybrid. We're, we're mostly virtually, we're virtually all virtual except when we go out on location, which is not that often. But here's what I'm curious about. How much of a challenge is it, Karen, for small businesses who are trying to get some people back to work. Some are remote, so they're not in the same location. They're dealing with safety issues. We're dealing with vac who's vaccinated, who's not. How much of that is about leadership and communication? It, all of it, right? You, you have your challenges. I mean, a lot of, um, a lot of small business, they're service businesses. And for, for some, the, the work from home model has proven productive and efficient and shown employers things they didn't know that they could get done with a workforce working remotely. Other, mm. other employers, they, they are missing out on the collaboration, the innovation, and the culture that's created by having your workforce under one roof. So, you know, you said it, Steve, the, the hybrid model, I think, is, is the way of the future for a lot of businesses, not all businesses. But um, you know, and employees want that flexibility. A lot of employees want to be able to, you know, make their own schedule, not go back to the office full time. Yeah, and Mary, you know, it's interesting, as Karen mentioned, this. the other part of it, particularly for small businesses, recruiting and retaining. I knew you were going to go there. Go ahead, go ahead, pick it up, Mary, because you've been dealing, <laughs> as the, if you as the head go of there, our HR department, there. you've been dealing with it. <laughs> I sure have been. And Karen, it's it's one of the biggest challenges. And we've always faced it. Steve and I have worked together for 21 years. We've seen a lot of uh, people come and go. If you bring in younger people, maybe they don't know what they want to be yet when they grow up and, and they, you know, career changes and family changes. But right. now, especially with COVID and other changes, what tips and tools do you have for small businesses looking not only to retain the people they have, but when they do have a need to recruit, how do you ensure that the person that you're recruiting, how do you vet them and make sure that they're really a right fit for the small uh, business or organization? Yeah, 
Well, you know, at Delta Dental, we're very fortunate. We have a, a great HR department who does a lot of that vetting for us. Um, I think it's challenging now, especially with the workforce shortages. A lot of employees have options. They can command more pay. Um, they can be picky. And what a lot of employers are seeing is people show up and then, and then they don't show up. So, so it is a challenge. I think one of the um, things that uh, employers can do to attract top talent and retain their employees is to offer a robust benefit package. You know, whether that's a voluntary product offering in their benefits or adding a dental plan that promotes- I'm good sorry, did you health. say adding a dental plan? <laughs> yes. I just, no, I'd get that plug in there. I wanna have like the ding come. I wonder if Sylvester can do that. You know, when they do oh, that and it goes ding and the little brightness off of my bright white. And thank you, dad and mom for my braces because the dental, <laughs> oh wait, go hey, ahead, Karen. Steve. Yes. I just, I just wanted to do that right now. Oh, excellent, <laughs> excellent. That's I'm sorry, I thought I would get a bigger reaction, Karen. It's all right. So. <laughs> no, but yeah, overall, to look. I couldn't see the smile right away. But, but dental matters. Overall health care matters. Yes. Pension contribution matters. Yep. The time, flexibility. Those are benefits. Right. And that's what that's what's really key to employees. And and, and I, you know, if you're going to focus on your workforce, which is, you know, the, the, the backbone of, of your company, um, then, then those are some of the things that you need to focus on. Before I let you go, how would you describe your leadership style, A and B, where did it come from? Got a minute left. My leadership style, I, I want to say, has come from, you know, former leaders that I have worked with. Um, I, you know, learn what not to do and what to do. Uh, you know, I, I think you get the, the best out of people when you, um, you, you listen and you learn and you let them grow. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and that's what's rewarding for me. And, and I, I, I have to add that, you know, I'm surrounded by great leadership at Delta Dental. So I'm really, really uh, fortunate to work for such a great company. And we are fortunate to be able to partner with Delta Dental on this series on small business and leadership. So to Dennis and to Randy and to Karen and the entire team at Delta Dental, we thank them for your partnership. And there are gonna be a whole range of small business leaders that are featured in this series um, because of the support and the commitment of an organization like Delta Dental. Hey, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Lessons in Leadership, right back after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University. Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Disastrous detour. The chapel bells are ringing but you're stuck, adding 10 points to a three-point turn. This looks like a job for smile power. 
Good thing your healthy smile is revved up with Grin Guarding Affordable Dental Benefits. So your healthy smile can keep you on the right route. Unleash your smile power with Delta Dental. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Hey, Mary, I got to tell you something. As someone who runs a small business together with you, we run a small nonprofit as well. I don't know if people appreciate how incredibly difficult it is to lead, to manage, to, to run a small business. And you want to know what's fascinating is, you know, just going and looking inward at myself, which we often do, and just the amount of things, especially in a small business that you need to juggle, right? Even in larger businesses, people need to juggle a lot of things, but we wear so many hats. We joke, oh, Mary's, you know, CEO, she's CEO, not CEO, that's your job. COO and I thought that might have happened when I blinked. She became the CEO. (laughs) Hey, I'm working on I'm working my way up. She's the head of development. She's the chief operating officer. She's the chief of operations. She's the HR executive. Yeah. And six and she she runs the stand and deliver not for profit program. Eight other things. And then I'm also now the head of this series that started really small. And now we've got intros, we've got PSAs, and oh, you're the executive producer of this series and and the co-anchor. And and uh, camera person lighting, my own makeup. I mean, you just put on, you know, and I, I was giggling like when I went upstairs because my son, I'm going to say thank you to Joey on the air because I did have a computer issue. So he let me thank plug you, in Joe. his computer. And, um, but long story short, I mean, you know, but you do it, right? Like you don't complain, you figure it out. No, no, you don't, hold on. You don't complain. I don't complain. But That's here's correct. the point. If you're going to work in a small business, for-profit, not-for-profit, whatever, How about people who say, and we know who they are, this is my job. I signed up. I saw the agreement. These are the job descriptions. This is job description. Don't ask me to do anything outside of that. Yeah. How does that work in a small organization? It doesn't work. I have no patience for it. And we have pushback. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it hasn't worked with eye rolls and size and and simply, I'm just not going to do it. And, and I'm flabbergasted. I'm like, I like to put food on the table for my family. I like to be able to put my kids through college. Like, sure, within reason, unless it's, we've always said this, unless it's ethically or morally wrong, what I'm asking you to do, your role within any organization is going to change. It's going to evolve. You can't come in and say, oh, I have this job description. Sure, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, I was, I was a checkout person at, you know, a register and, and that was my job. That was the same thing every day. But, well, look know, at that. I'm sorry, Mary. What about a job of an executive producer or producer at the Caucus Educational Corporation? It's going to change. Has look the at us. job changed? Look at us. I haven't seen you. I've seen you twice in almost two years in person. Like, think about how much has evolved and changed. Yet, the wheel keeps moving. We do seminars with stand. Go to stand-deliver.com. Learn about this. We do seminars. So I send you out on these seminars and now I have to go to the UPS store. I need to make copies and, and things change and evolve, but no complaining. You figure it out. And that's one of the things that I thank you, Steve, for teaching me in our 21 years together is in the beginning, I was like, wow, look at me. And now I'm like, no, I've got this. And and nothing is beneath me, whether it's opening my own mail, you know, typing my own notes and, and just, you need to be from the top down a leader and frankly, a good person. Uh, Mary's the best person. By the way, Elvin talking about 16 different things. We need to get another shot. As you're doing this, let's get a shot of Elvin and put it in post-production, Sylvester, of all the things Elvin has going on, just to prove the point that you're doing 18 things at once. He's also texting 
in the chat, please toss now, please. Okay, uh, I don't know how much time we're gonna have on the back end, Mary. I don't think we'll we're have gonna a few have minutes. Any... Yeah, we will have okay. a few minutes. Mm -hmm. This is Chris Smith, executive director of the Alzheimer's Association, New York City chapter. This came to us from our from good our... friend Glenn Friedman over at Prager Metis. Yes. Great organization, one of our sponsors. This is Chris Smith. Chris Smith, who's the executive director of the Alzheimer's Association in New York City chapter. Chris, first of all, welcome. Thank you. And also, thank you to our friend Glenn Friedman over at Prager Metis. He was one of your board chairs, right? One of your first board chairs? Yes. Uh, Glenn helped me uh, start the New York City chapter and became our first board chair. And he is just rotating off our board. Not that it has anything to do with leadership or not-for-profit leadership. Seinfeld fan? I enjoyed Seinfeld at the time, yeah. Wow, that's like a way of saying I'm not watching it in reruns. Uh, hey, listen, let's get to important matters. Describe exactly what the Alzheimer's Association and New York chapter is and why it has to do with leadership and making a difference in the lives of those who are suffering, and, including family members. My dad dealt with related issues, let's just say, for a long time, 10 years. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, past... Uh, a while back, but talk to us, a whole millions of families dealing with this. Sure, so the Alzheimer's Association, first, um, we're very much a science-based organization, and we're actually the third largest funder of research, only behind the US and Chinese government. Um, we currently have funding in, over tw in about 29 countries, and oftentimes the type of funding that we do are to, um, uh, to fund perhaps new researchers, new ideas. Uh, we also are very much a convener. Uh, we have the largest um, convention for scientists in the world. Um, normal year, we would have around 6,000 scientists from around the world talking to each other. Um, last year, we went virtual. We had over 30,000. This year, it'll be a little bit of a hybrid. People, mm -hmm. it'll be in Denver, Colorado and um, people can participate um, both in person as well as virtually. Uh, the Alzheimer's Association obviously is dealing with an issue where there's no cure. However, you probably read recently uh, the Aducanumab or Adjahelm, uh, and um, it's something that, that we're in favor of. Uh, and the reason for that is because right now there are, there are no um, drugs in the system currently. There are a few coming down the pipe that are in the same family as Adjahelm um, that we feel have a lot of progress. Um, but in the studies that happened, and I'm not a scientist by any means, but in the studies that happened with this, there's a little bit of controversy about it because of um, a number of scientists don't feel there was enough evidence. But we felt that they did find about 22% of the people that, that were on the, um, the drug um, did um, slow down their progress in developing Alzheimer's. So for the right. right person, you know, when you think about that, if there's a million people that might be in the category where it would help, that's 220,000 people. So from our standpoint, it's very important that we advocate for these families so that they can have maybe a few more memories um, um, before, things get to a point um, where it's you know too late to turn back. Chris, before Mary jumps in, last, let me ask you this. Um, this is a show about leadership. How would you describe your leadership style? I, I would say that I'm somebody who is uh, very transparent as much as I can be. Obviously, you can't tell everything to everyone. But I, I believe 
that our team kind of has to have a good picture on what face what questions I face and how we can be successful together. I try to put young, particularly younger junior staff in positions of leadership, whether it might be a task team, might be a, um, a full committee, and try to give them the resources to help support them as they deal with issues that we all deal with. Um, I, I, whether it's fundraising, program delivery, advocacy for people, I'm, I'm a big believer in jumping in with, with both feet, trying to roll up my sleeves at times, whether it's the schlep boxes at a walk um, or to, um, you know, to, to show leadership and lead a team. And so I, I would say trust, um, you know, validate the trust that you're putting into people yep. and let them do their jobs. Mary, jump in. Yeah, definitely. So one thing, Chris, that we always talk about, if there's no money, there's no mission, right? Like with fundraising and you're going out there and at the end of the day, we can't all do the great things that we do in the nonprofit community if there is not the money. Can you talk a little bit about the connection between relationships, building relationships with your sponsors, with those that support you, with the families? What is the connection between relationship building and leadership and fundraising? Sure. Well, obviously, um, most nonprofits uh, are very focused on individual giving, um, whether it's through people's personal foundations, through their companies, um, through their own resources. And sometimes gifts are made through events, galas, walks, uh, pledge events. Uh, and, and oftentimes people want to support good causes. And um, with Alzheimer's, uh, it's, it's all about relationships, relationships that we may have with um, friends and family of people going through the disease or friends and family of, of caregivers. Um, a lot of what we do is about helping caregivers. And so I think in nonprofit um, leadership and particularly around fundraising, it's important to first make sure that you have a good cause, that it's a cause that you can sell um, in 30 seconds or so, or, you know, that elevator speech and, and give people the opportunities where they might be able to support that cause. It could be something where maybe they don't have the resources currently, but perhaps they might consider um, a bequest or something in their, in their will or their plans um, after they pass. As a not-for-profit leader of our other company that does uh, that produces programs for public broadcasting, I often say I spend 50 to 60% of my time in development and fundraising. What about you? Yeah, I would say at least that. Um, I have a, a pretty good team, both in New York City as well as the state of New York. I'm, I'm also responsible for that, mar those markets. And so oftentimes I'll be in planning sessions with them about maybe a meeting that they have a particular donor or a foundation they're writing. Um, I may also have a meeting. I just got out of a meeting a couple hours ago where we were talking about strategy around our walk to end Alzheimer's and what we're And this year. It's going to be much different than last year when we were uh, all virtual this right. year, we're going to offer to uh, for a hybrid model. So but you get very involved in those things. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, just like everything. It's a, it's a huge part of what I do. Um, uh, I may be involved in, uh, in um, making an ask. I may be involved in helping to uh, identify um, a particular co corporation. We mentioned Glenn Friedman and Prager Metis. Uh, you know, Glenn, especially in the beginning, was one of those people that introduced me to everybody. 
And um, many of those folks, exactly. And many of those folks have gotten involved and helped us introduce themselves or their companies or their colleagues and friends. And it might be creating a corporate cause marketing relationship might be to recruit a new board member or to make it. Well, it's funny is that's exactly how we met you. So when you look at lessons in leadership, Prager Metis is, we, we actually do a leadership development, a business development institute over at Prager Metis. We've been coaching and mentoring their folks for a long time. We know Glenn, we know Lori. Glenn introduced, introduced us to you. He knows this show because they sponsor it. And that's, that's it right there. Yeah. No disrespect, but we would likely not have known about you or had you on if it were not for Glenn and Prager. So listen, we appreciate you joining us, Chris. The, Chris Smith is the executive director of Alzheimer's Association of New Jersey. Mary, we have been putting up their website throughout the segment so people can find out more. And we wish you and your team all the best. Chris, thank you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you having me join you. You got it. This is Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamble. We'll be right back. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. I want to thank our, our friend Chris Smith over at the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you so much. By the way, we were talking before about multitasking, doing multiple things at once. We often talk about Elvin doing all kinds of things. Scarlin behind the camera here who saved our last production with a team because they cut the wire. I don't want to say who cut the wire outside the landscapers. They apologized today, and meaning we had no internet. He had to jump in. Do we have a shot of Frank, who's supposedly our, our audio engineer, but he's way more than that. Can we get a shot of Frank? Elvin, can we do that? This, no, no, stop. We've been together for almost 30 <laughs> I'm going to do what the kids do these days. They do this, Frank, right? The little what's go, what goes on around you, Frank? Hey, Frank. Oh, he's muted. You're an audio guy. He's the audio, audio guy. And he's muted. <laughs> Frank, you are muted, sir. What, what goes on around me, because, you know, I'm, I'm so not used to being on camera with you all on a regular basis like the rest of our staff, so... This is what goes on around me. I mean, but you know, I really can't take a shot of what's in front of me and how you can't, you can't, you can't pan it. My uh, monitor is a little too large to pick up, but I appreciate all the love that you give day to day. And Steve, you know, uh, when it comes to leadership, you're one of the best. And I mean that from the heart, no, no, no joking around. I'm sorry, the audio wasn't working. Can you try that again? <laughs> hold on, Frank, hold on one second. Mary, as we, Elvin, I see we got to say goodbye. You always, every time I praise Frank, you cut me off. That's my I know, I'm noticing a trend here. Hold on one second, see, Frank, see, check this now out. Now you all getting it? You're Frank, all understanding let me ask you a question. Yeah. Serious question, no joke. We've been together 30 years. You just said I always show you the love. I try to show you the love. But between love and money, which one do you go with? In the workplace? Yeah, you're speaking for the team right now. Listen, Would you want a big bonus or just me saying you're great? I mean, you know, honestly, it would, it would, it, from you, I'll take you saying that I'm great. Wow. Elvin said, you know what Elvin just said? Show me the money. Well, Elvin and I are very absolutely good. right. And, see, and, and as well as I love you too, Stephen. Uh, oh, now he loves you. See, By how way, he, see how he's got Frank? a butt in somehow, some way? Good to the end of the show. Hey, Frank, it's yes. not mutually exclusive. Love and money 
because everybody deserves it on this team. I love you guys, and I would be garbage. I should, that's true. I'd be terrible without this team, <laughs> including Mary. Thanks. Lessons in leadership. Great team. Scarlett, I didn't forget you. Met fan and all. See you next time. <laughs> this edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Disastrous detour. The chapel bells are ringing, but you're stuck, adding 10 points to a three-point turn. This looks like a job for smile power. Good thing your healthy smile is revved up with grin guarding affordable dental benefits. So your healthy smile can keep you on the right route. Unleash your smile power with Delta Dental.